You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 267. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 267. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. My love. My love. Happy fucking anniversary. Happy anniversary. This is 19 years uh, married, 21 together. That's right. This day that we are recording. Not the day, the release of the podcast. Right. Today. So this will be airing on August 20th. Oh, yes. But our anniversary is the 8th. Eight, and I actually... It's 888. It's 8899. I know, but this one is 888. Oh. Yeah. So that's really good. Okay, so I heard back in 1999 when we got married, somebody told me if you have an 8 in your wedding date it's good luck because an eight is the affinity symbol oh infinity symbol so everybody get married on today so or eight, just eight, eight. in august or have an eight somewhere in the date but i figured okay eight eight ninety nine like we did pretty damn good and now this year you're right it's we've got the 18 yeah so well you could get married any day this year and it would be luck, right because there's 18. that's true that's yeah. true anyway welcome to the show everybody yeah <laughs> we digress like, sadly, poorly, we digress. <laughs> poorly digression. So let's get this show on the road so that let's I can do date my husband for our yes. our anniversary tonight. Yes, yes. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about hope, hope and why hoping that things are going to change or hoping that you're going to get that degree or you hope somebody will magically say the right things is just a waste of our time. And we think of hope as being such an honorable thing. Thank you, Obama. And <laughs> I think in some ways it can be, but I think in a lot of other ways, it puts our happiness on like permanent into the future mode where we are always putting our, our happiness farther down the line. Hmm. So we'll talk all about that Sounds today. Sounds fun. Yeah. Before we do that, though, why don't we give you a little, a little time to warm up the mic? Pass the mic. Pass and warm it. Pass all and right. warm it. We do a little episode these days that we call... Would you rather? Yes, we do. So today's is, would you rather have a beachfront condo or a mountain cabin? Oh, well, I do. Well, it depends on what beach. Let's say Newport Beach. Newport California. Beach? Okay. Or, because it would be better for me if it was like Laguna or Dana Point would be a, like a, a little. How about you get to choose? Okay. Okay. How about that? Okay. And and same, I can choose for the, the cabin. You can choose the cabin, yeah. I th- I'm going to go with the cabin. That's actually a good a, a good like piece for for your after hours. Oh, people can say, "Oh, I choose this because I want it to be here." 
Oh, yeah. I see. I see. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what Mr. Smith is referring to is I have a private Facebook group called the After Hours Group, Joy Junkie After Hours. You can get there by going to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. It'll redirect you right over there. And every single Monday, we talk about the would you rather, and we, you know, everybody tries to find loopholes, and Mr. Smith cracks down, and they explain <laughs> their reasoning, and it's hilarious. But this, you're actually giving them the option that they they get to tweak and and add yes. their own this week. Right. Wow, lots this of week. liberty. Given lots of leash today. Well, I'm I I do like beach houses. Uh-huh. I don't like the actual beach that much. <laughs> I feel because my feet are always in sand and dirt essentially. Like I just feel dirty and it's always Mountain cabins feel dirty too, love. I don't think so. Not mm. the really cute little Airbnb type places we've gone. Okay. I'm I'm not trying to camp. You did not say camping. No, I said a mountain cabin. A mountain cabin. I didn't say mountain camping. I said mountain <laughs> cabin. <laughs> well, what would you pick? I'm a mountain kid, man. I'm going mountain cabin all the way. See, that's why we had to move to the south. Because mm-hmm. we were like, get me out of this state. Yep. Oh, I'm a mountain gosh. kid. So we would love to hear your reason and where you would want to be. I, I could do it, do a, a cabin in a ton of different places. Asheville, North Carolina is gorgeous. Sure. I'm sure Colorado has some gorgeous places. Colorado, Maybe yeah. Montana. I don't know. I ain't going to Montana. I don't know. Maybe a place like Germany or fucking Ireland or something. Yeah. The Swiss Alps. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Who knows? We'll have to figure it out. Let's think about it and we'll post it on the website too. All right. I can't wait. Okay. So please, you guys, let us know what you would rather by coming over to thejoyjunkie.com slash club and joining the After Hours community. Every single Thursday, I do bonus trainings where I sound off on questions that have come up from the group. And so you can always get additional advice. There's tons of other freebies. There's always coupon codes floating around there. So be sure to come hang out with us. So let's jump into this conversation about hope, shall we? Let's do it. Why hope is a four-letter word. Mm. And I was thinking, well, it's a four-letter word because it's spelled with four letters. Like, being yeah. a smart ass. Yeah, it is. But I hope you guys get the connotation that it, it's... Four-letter words are typically bad. Like profane. Shit, con- wow, babe. Thanks. <laughs> I have Tourette's there. And that is why we have explicit content label. <laughs> wow. So welcome to the Smith approach to personal development. <laughs> so I wanted, I really wanted to talk about this because I think there's a handful of virtues or concepts that get thrown around in our society that we think are really incredible and great ideas, but can actually be detrimental in the long run. So don't get me wrong. I don't think hope is awful or horrendous or like, don't have hope. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, look at your opportunities as we talk about this, where you lean on hope as a crutch, Mm. because that's what I really want to underline. It's not that noble in a lot of ways, you know? And just the same way we've talked about people pleasing, you know, we think putting everybody in front of ourselves or above ourselves or prioritizing everybody over ourselves is just so noble and it's not it's actually just kind of the way in which we've been taught about how we treat other people and i think the same is true for hope we're kind of taught that it's so virtuous and so incredible and amazing and i'm like "Mm, um," unless it is 
becoming a crutch and kind of influencing a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about today. So the first thing I just wanted to say is I really do think that hope sometimes brings a huge element of comfort. You know, when you hope for a better life or you hope for things to be a brighter future or if you're going through dealing with grief or death or something like that and you're like, I really, I'm hopeful for Mm. feeling better. Mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. I do think that it can... There's a place for it. There's a place for it, for sure. And it can bring comfort. But I really think more often than not, hope is banking on people you can't control, doing things you can't control... And perpetually puts off happiness to a future date. Mm. Well, I'm interested to see how you. Uh, I'm interested to see how you approach it. Approach it, yeah, yeah. How you come at it. Well, the first thing is I think hope is a four letter word because it allows you to avoid a solid plan or strategy. Mm-hmm. And they talk about this a lot in marketing. I, I can't remember who I heard this from, but they said hope is not a strategy. You cannot lean on hope marketing. Like just, I hope that people buy. I hope that this is what they want me to sell to them. It's like, no, no, no. You need to actually have a strategy. You need to have a sound plan. Or, you know, anything where you think about, well, I really hope this goes well. It's like, well, did you have a plan in place? Did you have a strategy? If you're just hoping it goes well with your in-laws, right, right. chances are you don't have any sort of plan or strategy about how you might engage with them, or if this were to happen, then here's how I'm going to behave, or here are the boundaries that I need to establish, and here's what I'm asking for from these people, instead of just, well, hope and a prayer, hope this works out. It's like, no, no, no. How about we craft some sort of plan? Right. It it kind of reminds me of that joke where the guy is praying to God and mm-hmm. he's like, please let me win the lottery. I can, you know, I'll do good things with it and I'll be, you know, a good steward. And, you know, he keeps praying, keeps praying and he never wins the lottery. And he, so he starts cursing at God saying, why didn't you, why haven't you given me the lottery? Like I've prayed and I've done everything you've asked. And all of a sudden the clouds come and, you know, they part and a big booming voice comes from this guy and he goes, meet me halfway, buy a ticket. Right. 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 You've got to take some action and have a plan on what you want. You can't just hope that it's going to happen to you. Right. That's kind of what you're saying. Yeah. Got it. I mean, it's, it, Remember the huge law of attraction boom of 08, of 07 and 08? The secret. The secret. And that was one of the biggest problems. And all of these spiritual teachers everywhere were going, no, you don't get it. That's You don't just hope for it and dial into the universe. You actually have to take inspired action. You have to start doing something to move toward those goals. Like it really isn't so crazy and magical. Mm. It's just strategy and plans and what you put on your radar and then going after it. Yeah. So same thing can be said for hope that it's a great idea, but until you have a solid background and a plan and a strategy, it's way more anxiety inducing. In fact, I was thinking about how... Because then you have zero control. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. And I was thinking how hope for me really has much equivalent equivalence to anxiety. Mm. 
because it feels so out of control. It's like, well, I hope it works out. I hope this party goes well. I hope mm-hmm. people show up. I hope this. I hope that. When it's like, well, did you take the proper steps to do everything that you can? And sure. granted, I think if you have taken a lot of proper steps and you have owned your responsibility and you've looked at the things that you are in control of, hope probably doesn't feel nearly as anxiety-inducing Yeah. than if you are just straight up banking on it. Or if you've, you know, in the the case of the party, you've gotten your RSVPs. Right. Right. You Right. So if you've done everything within your power, you can kind of go, all right, I really hope this goes well. Right. And that's far less anxiety inducing than if you said, I hope this goes well, and you have all your ducks in a row and you've done everything, you know, you can. So, all right. So the second thing that hope does is it allows you to stay in denial. Massive denial. How so? You don't call a spade a spade. So this I see massively in relationships, like in intimate relationships where I'm like, I really hope he'll change. Oh, yeah. Okay. And you also see this hugely with parent-child where, I mean, if you watch Intervention or anytime somebody – you really want somebody else to do something. Right. And you're like, I really hope they'll change. Yeah. I have hope. That they will become the the child that I know they can be if they would just shake this addiction. Mm-hmm. Or I have hope that my spouse will totally change after we've had this conversation over and over again. And he's proven to me over and over again he's not willing to change. But I have hope. It's like, no, no, no. You're just in fucking denial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What yeah. Were you, no, no. What, just listen. You're just, just musing? Yeah. Yeah, so I think that there's it's not a problem to always want change. Like we've certainly talked about relationships that you and I have both had like with your your father or you know just random people in our life where we really are allowed to want what we want. Like you can want your child to get clean and sober if you know they're abusing alcohol or drugs. Like you can want that all you want, all you all damn day. But if you are leaning on hope, which then leads you into enabling behavior, that's when it's a problem. So you can always hold on to hope, but don't allow that hope to fuel your action mm-hmm. and detrimental behavior that is ena- enabling or regressive or self-sacrificial, like making it so that you're staying in a relationship that's totally abusive because of hope. You could break out of that relationship, get a divorce, break up, still have hope that they'll change, but it's not dictating detrimental behavior. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. So there's a way – and that's why I was saying it's a problem if you use hope as a crutch. So how do you know if you are? Well, I think it is how repeated it is. Like if, um, if it is – So if it's a pattern. If it's a pattern, if it's uh-huh. a constant, I keep bailing my kid out of jail <clears throat> and see. now they've stolen all this money from me and I allow it because I just hope that they're going to change and stop with this drug abuse or whatever it is. Or s- same thing with a partner. I just hope that they're magically going to change all this stuff mm-hmm. even though we've addressed it over and over again and their behavior has been the same over and over That's again. That's such a hard example. I mean, it's not – I mean, I'm just looking at extreme cases where we lean into Mm -hmm. it because we see how good somebody can be. I know, right? And we root for them. We Mm -hmm. genuinely root for them. Like, especially with your children, it's like you believe 
that they can change. And right. you see who they could be when they don't. It's almost like you feel like if you don't keep giving them those chances that you are not doing everything you can to help them. Right. So it's like hard to draw the line between what's enabling and what's actually providing some help for them. Right. You know, that's such and a that and that is different in every single case. <clears throat> in every case, yeah. But I'm talking about severe cost to your own happiness, your right. ability to move on, right. your ability to be the person that you want to be. Because in many of those situations, you're not happy. Right. Your life is a shit show because you are hoping someone else will change. Mm-hmm. And then that is you're relying on your them for your happiness. Right. Which brings me to number three. Oh. Mr. Smith for the win. Segway Smitty. <laughs> I'm going to call you Segway Smith. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that is really so, so poignant. And that is that you, if you are counting on hope, you're perpetually putting off your happiness because everything is future oriented. Oh, yeah. Everything right. is, it is. Once my husband gets his shit together, once my kids finally figure out what college they're going to, or once they finally get a job, then things will start to unlock. Then I can finally be happy. And they probably will, but that doesn't mean that you can't be happy in the meantime. That's exactly right. right. Or or I really, really hope I get pregnant. Great. Right. Right. But that good example. That is also I mean, I've seen people damn near destroyed. In the quest for baby. Yeah. And it is because there's one way in which to be happy. That's it. And I'm not saying you're not allowed to want that. I'm just saying if you are always putting this kind of umbrella statement on yourself that I'll be happy when these certain things happen and you hope they will. Yeah. It is future happiness. I mean, that's why you also see people – Staying in relationships that they hate for so long yes. or a job that they hate, <clears throat> yeah. hoping that new management management will make a difference, hoping that you'll get a promotion and then that will make you happy. Mm-hmm. And so it's this constant future orientation of your joy and happiness instead of really looking at what you can do right now. Interesting. What's within your power right now. And it also inhibits us from really relishing the present moment. Like, it is already so incredibly challenging to stay present, period. Anyway, right. We're always looking at shit we did wrong in the past or what we need to do in the future. Like, wait, 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 wait. putting out fires, putting out fires, what's next, what's next, what's next? We already have such a challenge stopping and smelling the roses. Right. It's our basic senses, like feeling the ground beneath our feet or the sheets on our skin and our bed or how our food really tastes we're on to the next thing on a on a uh, on a on a physical level like what i see in my work what that does when you're constantly in that what's next i got this to do i'm got to go here and and you're constantly thinking about your next move it keeps your sympathetic nervous system turned on. That's right. We You've mentioned this before. I love this. And what that does is it puts you in that fight, flight, or freeze mode constantly. Yeah. You're always in that. And when you do that, your nervous system starts to frazzle. Right. And wear down. Right. And get tired. And it never turns off. Even when you lay down to go to sleep. Or you can't shut your brain off. You can't shut it off. Right. Because it's stuck in the on mode. 
that off switch is not working. Right. Right? So it physically manifests in tight muscles, disease, digestional problems. Sure. You know, you have all these things go on because all of your nervous system is stuck in this mode. Right. Right? So, yeah, getting present is a very difficult thing if you're always in that future mode or right. in that past mode. It's a very diff- hard place to be. That's why massage is such a great thing right. in getting that nervous system turned off. You're physically turning it off, right. but you're also getting your mentality to shut off at the same time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's I'm so very glad that you brought that up because – I think that sometimes when we talk about staying present or being in the now, people dismiss it. Well, They're it's kind like, of a – It's woo-woo. It's, ob- it's, ob- it's obscure. Yeah, and you abstract. It's, it's, it's hard to grab. And people are like, yeah, yeah, that's for hippies. Uh, just tell me how to make my husband be different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just tell me how to stop talking shit to myself. And we really don't want the answer to be mindfulness or to unplug we want to know how to be more productive. Right. We want to know how to plan better and be more effective. And we don't think about refilling our bucket so that we can be better in every other area of the our life. Irony, the irony of that is, is you'll be more productive right. if you do that, right? Yeah. So I think sort of like the real world application of that, like if you really do want to – unplug a little bit and set yourself up for a little bit more of a success of being present is to start looking at this role of hope. Like, have you been, whether it's, whether hope, the word resonates with you or forward planning or any, you know, whatever it happens to be for you, do you put a lot of focus on future, future happy? And I'm not saying don't plan, like, Sure. For sure. Of course. Knock yourself out. But are there any areas that we've kind of discussed here today that really do inhibit you from turning off mm-hmm. and recharging and re- caretaking for yourself? And is one of them constant emergency mode, putting out fires, what's next, what's next, what's next? Exactly. And you might need to build in respite. You might have to build in massage meditation, tranquility, downtime. And those are the things, especially the women that I work with and men who are huge overachievers, strivers, and really value accomplishment. It's very hard for them to value taking time for themselves to actually recharge because it's not, we're looking for that immediate benefit. We're looking for the immediate check off the box instead of let me refuel myself so that I can be more productive elsewhere. And it's usually not until a massive breakdown, ailments, uh, physical distress Mm -hmm. that you go, okay, no, I'm going to have to slow down or else my body won't sustain. I think a, a, a part of that is knowing your why. Say more. Like knowing why you're doing something. Sure. Why am I hoping so much? Right. What is it that I really am trying to get from this instead of the what? Yeah. You know, like what I need to do is, it's more like, why am I thinking like this? Mm-hmm. Right? And then when you have that why secure, the what will lay out right in front of you. Well, that's interesting because we talked a lot about, you know, at the retreat, we were talking a lot about worthiness. And that was one of my 
keynotes that I delivered was this quest and this chase for worth. And I would argue that almost all of our striving and ambition most of the time doesn't come from a place of fulfillment, but it comes from a place of then I'll be worthy. Right. Then I'll be enough. Yes. And that could really be underneath. Yes. I was. I got this from a book called What's Your Why? Mm-hmm. Put, uh, I'll put that in the show notes. Hold on. Let me look at it real quick. I want to make sure I quote it correctly. But he, he was basically giving a anecdote of, you know, a bunch of successful, you know, very successful businessmen in a room together. Yeah. And he's like, how many of you have met your financial goals this year? And about 80% of hands went up. Okay. I met my financial goals. And the next question was the one that really grabbed. It was, okay, those of you keep your hands up. How many of you feel successful? And every single hand went down. Wow. Right? So, And it, it, people <clears throat> who, by most society standards, we would say, yes, they're successful. Right. right? It's called Start With Why. Oh, Start With Why. Simon Sinek. I'll put it in the show notes too, guys, if you can yeah, find it's, out. It's a great read. It's more business oriented, but you can get what you want from it, you know? Sure, sure. Yeah, that's great. I, I loved that concept. I thought it was really poignant. Well, I mean, And it fits into the whole hope category here too, you know? And it's, it, it's interesting that you bring that up because I think you find people who are athletes who would say the same thing. Yeah. I know for myself, working in makeup artistry and the beauty fashion uh, industry, I would meet models who by all societal stand standards looked like they would love themselves yeah. and were miserable. Yeah. Or fashion designers who had done incredible things who were miserable. And so it really does come down to your relationship to self and your ability to truly love now. Like we yes. put so much into the future, a future oriented, then I'll be happy. Then I'll be happy. Then I'll be happy. Yep. Have a baby. Then I'll be happy. If only I can get this promotion, then I'll be happy. If only we, once we move, once we relocate, then everything will open up for us. That's right. That's right. And that is what hope is. Well, mm. I hope I'll be happy when all these other factors line up. So that's what I'm saying is having your why will help you understand whether your hope is um, something that is serving you or not. Right. That's great. Mr. Smith, life coaching for the win. <laughs> no, you're right. It is, do I have hope because this is fulfilling for me right. and comforting for me? Or is it because I have to have that in order to be happy? Exactly. Yeah, that's great. And the, the number four is really closely tied. But another reason why hope is a four-letter word is because you put all of your power into external forces and people. And mm. that's in the same context of rendering you powerless. Because looking for external ways of staying happy instead of internal. Is that what you're saying? Right. Well, okay. not only are you perpetually putting happiness on hold, but you're also giving your power to all these other people. So oh, now yeah. you're saying, well, I hope my kids clean up their act. And then I can be happy. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. you you really render yourself completely out of control, right? Like you because there's nothing you can do to control your your happiness or fulfillment unless somebody else does something. I'll says feel something. fulfilled if my son does blah. Or I mean, even even for me, it's like, uh, oh, I really hope that I it, I have an audition coming up. Like, I definitely want to get a role in it, for sure. But if I say, it, it, 
you know, oh gosh, this these people rule over my my life, my right, and my happiness. Like the only way in which I can be happy or fulfilled is if these people accept me and this director likes me right. and casts me in a role. It's like, no, no, I'm allowed to want that for sure, but I'm happy now. I don't have everything like banked on that in right. particular. And I also, if I'm so focused on them, then I don't focus on what I can control, which is, as you guys know, I always love to talk to my body when I have a fear response of heart palpitations. Mm-hmm. And if if I was so focused on hoping that they give me the role, then I probably would be freaking out, going like, oh my God, I hope I don't mess up my lines. I hope I don't. But I don't focus on their power. I focus on my power mm-hmm. and I, I, I go, okay, thank you, body. You're just coming to my rescue. Rescue. We're actually not in danger. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're totally prepared. And I take back my power. Like what can I do right. instead of what I can't, I can't give myself the role. Right. I can't make somebody love me. I can't make a child get clean or go to college that's or great, that's a great um, technique. I love it. It's and. It, Again, I really want to underline that you don't stop wanting it. Right. You just recognize what's in your power and what's not. Mm -hmm. And then you make actions and behavioral choices based off of what you can control. Right. Too often, we make those behavioral choices based off of trying to force somebody to do something because of hope. Right. Right. Yeah. And and the other thing to kind of point at is just because you're content doesn't mean you don't don't have to keep striving, or because you're striving doesn't yes. mean that you can't have contentment. Right. I, that doesn't quite fit into the the hope category necessarily, but it does fit into you know uh, being present and still planning for your future. Being ambitious. Right. Well, that's the thing is people think if I'm not always future oriented, or if I really am happy now. I won't be motivated to do anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, no, it's actually the, you get to decide that. First of all, right. how lazy you are, how, you know, I would get, guarantee if you're ambitious, you're probably not going to just all of a sudden become a lazy ass. Right. But right. imagine if you can be ambitious and love yourself. Exactly. Like just imagine what you could accomplish. Man, oh man. So yeah, I love what you said about that because sometimes people equate that to inaction you know if i become so happy now in this present moment then i won't i won't i'll have nothing pushing me right and it's like what if what if fulfillment was pushing you right instead of loathing yeah right cool if you have anything that's come up for you as you have listened to our show today we actually take listener submissions love them yeah, we really appreciate them because then it gives me insight into what has landed really well for mm-hmm, you guys mm-hmm. and then what you – And then what content you can build off of that. Exactly. So if you go to thejoyjunkie.com and click on podcast, you'll see an opportunity to submit a show topic. And while you're there, be sure to get my free e-workbook called Stand Up For Yourself Without Being a Dick. And Yuck. it <laughs> – <Yuck. laughs> You don't take it. You're going to take that dip. 
You gonna take that dick with my dick. So, and it is nine different proven challenges to help you change a lot of these things, how you feel about your self-confidence and your self-love. So if you have not gotten that yet, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you. Like, go, no, just kidding. I'm not gonna shame, no shaming, no shaming. But go get it. And it's one of those ways in which to set yourself up for success. So we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out. Out.